Hello and welcome back to Deeper. Here we go again with another series of Deeper videos using the uh, passages that we look at on Sunday and go and get a little bit deeper with them. And it is an absolute delight to have our curate Beck here with us today. Hi, Beck. Hi, it's really good to be back doing Deeper, looking really deeply into this passage that we've been yeah. thinking about. It's, it's the, we've had a longer break than we expected, didn't we? You know, because we said probably be around about mid-September, but um, the whole kind of 200th anniversary thing got in the way and then I was on holiday and then I was on holiday again. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been, a, it's been a longer break than we expected. But here we are. Uh, and so uh, we're looking at a new sermon. Well, we started a new sermon series a few weeks ago. Tell you what, Beck, why don't you, uh, I'll just bring this on you, tell people about the sermon series and then tell them about what you spoke about on Sunday. Okay, so um, so we have been looking at the Psalms of Ascent, which is Psalms um, 120 to 134. Um, and they are a collection of Psalms, actually, that, that are held together um, in even the earliest manuscripts. These Psalms are in this, this sort of configuration in, in together. Um, and they are the songs that God's people sing as they ascend the road up to Jerusalem for the major festivals for which they uh, make that pilgrimage into the city. Um, and so they sort of express something of God's people's expectations and concerns as they come together to worship. You've done your research, haven't you? I have, checked yeah, me well out. <laughs> <laughs> So what was Sunday about? Uh, so this Sunday, we uh, it was our harvest service and we looked at Psalm 128 and thought a bit about um, what does it look like for us to be blessed and for us to be a blessing in, in that? Uh, so how do we make space for other people to connect and be blessed in that context? Um, and it talks a lot about family and we talked a bit about what it means to be family and community and how God intends us to live as families. Yeah. Very good. I haven't watched it yet because I was at another church, so uh, I need to catch up with the online service and uh, see what Beck said. So anyway, let's get on with this. So we're going to go through it verse by verse like we uh, always do and um, then look at some application points and then some further questions for you all. So let's start off with verse one. Why don't you go first, Beck? Uh, blessed are all who fear the Lord and walk in his ways. What stands out for you here? Uh, so my translation says um, happiness. Happy is everyone who fears the Lord. Um, and uh, what I note here is that in this very first verse, happiness comes from fearing the Lord. So it goes on to pull out all of these things that might be sources of happiness to us. But the very first verse sets out that fearing the Lord and, and living um, in that relationship with God is what brings happiness to our lives. Yeah. So, and different there. versions may have different things. There's some, different versions may say blessed, mightn't they? They might, but, yeah. Quite a lot will, in fact. Yeah, a lot, a lot will. Uh, but it actually is much more about happiness, which I think is, is really interesting, which we might pick up on later. Um, uh, yeah, uh, fear the, fearing the Lord. What do we make of that? Because uh, that, that whole idea of fearing God was downplayed a lot over the last probably the last 50 or 60 years um and i'm 60 so i kind of know you know um 
How do we think? This grand old age and you remember. I remember, yeah. Uh, so ha- what's it mean for us to fear God? What do you, What would your, your thoughts be? So I think for it, this language of fearing God can be really um, difficult for us to sort of get our heads around, can't it? Because we talk a lot about, you know, God loves us and he cares about us and we want to... Um, have a relationship with God that that makes us relate to him in a way that that is accessible and we want to um, bring other people into an accessible relationship with God but but also it's it's really useful for us sometimes to step back and remember God is holy and yeah. awesome and mighty and actually having this sort of healthy understanding of who God is will lead us to both fear God and love God, to, to sort of have a healthy respect for who God is and what he's done. Absolutely. It's, it's, and it is quite a strong word here that's used in the Hebrew. It is definitely, you know, be afraid. <laughs> when you think of who God is and what he's able to do and how insignificant we are, yeah, we would be. If we were stood in front of a tiger, we'd all be terrified. And yet here we are with the God who made the tiger, uh it's like yeah we need to probably almost rediscover what it means to fear god again um but there's two parts this verse isn't it we're to fear god which is one part and the second part is to walk in his ways which is all about how we focus our lives around him and the two should go hand in hand shouldn't it that's it and so one of the things I did on Sunday was to take us back a bit into Deuteronomy and think about the rules that God laid out for his people and how that how they were to live in a way that was pleasing to God and how they were to establish themselves as a nation that was focused on justice and on um, kind of providing for those who would be vulnerable and needy and who maybe in the surrounding cultures would have been exploited or left um, destitute. Yeah. And when you think about, you know, the law, it covers every part of life. And so, you know, walking in the ways of God isn't simply about, well, I pray sometimes and I read my Bible a bit. It is how do you, how do you shape the whole of your life around God? You know, I mean, in the law, it has all sorts of things about how you wash your hands and all that kind of stuff. You know, there's every detail of life can be focused around God. And we stick them in a little box that's stuck on a Sunday morning for an hour or so. Um, And so those who fear God shape the whole of their lives around him, not just a bit, not just an hour on Sunday, but every aspect of their life around around him. So let's move on to verse 2. Um, you will eat the fruit of your labour, blessings and prosperity will be yours. What, what, what do you want to say about that? So, so it strikes me that, that you will eat the fruit of your labour. Your, your work will be fulfilling. Your work will, will um, be part of that blessing, part of what mm. brings you fulfilment in life will be the things that you do. Um, because it will be fruitful and it will be worthwhile. Um, and, and just that, that as we sort of think about how we shape the whole of our lives towards God, that, that part of that is what we do with the rest of our week, what we do with the rest of our time in our work, and um, that we are fruitful and fulfilled in all of that. Yeah. 
and it kind of reminds me of that the whole kind of you know, in the end you 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 reap what you sow and if 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 you're shaping the whole of your life around God and making sure that you know you're doing your best to shape that life uh, then you'll reap the consequences of that which should be blessings and health and prosperity um, and if you don't then that also has consequences uh, so there's a for me there's that, that kind of sense of you you will reap what you sow here uh, the fruits of your labor and it is sometimes hard work and it to shape your life around God because it takes us out of our comfort zones but uh, and it takes us out of our personal preferences uh, and then uh, the psalmist goes on to verse three which is uh, which is really I think it gets really interesting here uh, let me just read it. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your sons will be like olive shoots around your table. Off you go. So I got a really good chuckle on Sunday. You missed it uh, for saying that sometimes our children seem less like, you know, olive shoots and more like sort of grumpy sacks of hormones. Um, and and does that mean that we're not blessed by God when when family life isn't perfect? Because we all know that even in the most wonderful family, there are days where family life isn't perfect. And so this sort of image is, is a challenge to us, isn't it? To think yeah. about what does God's blessing really look like? It might partly be this, but, but if we read the psalm as a whole, we see that it's in every area of life, not just this one. We sort of get a bit obsessed with this sometimes in church. Yeah, we do. Um, and I guess particularly in, in places like America where there's such a huge focus on family within church life um, and yet family here is can be quite different can't it you know it's family can be um, much more than just man woman children uh, so here it's more about kind of discovering something of the purpose of God for those who are closest to you um, so uh is this let me ask you a question and then we is this do you think a promise from god that if you walk in his ways then you'll have a thriving family life or is it something else no i don't think that is god's promise i think for for me what this this says to me is you will be able to live in a unit of people who um and be loved and love and offer um, and share that life and work together so that the fullness of God's blessing is in is in shaping your life around God's law is in working and being fruitful and in sharing your life with others um, and that doesn't necessarily have to look like marriage and children yeah no I can I think it's Charles Spurgeon uh, wrote a bit about this and um, and so he's writing what was a hundred years ago, something like that. Um, that his comments on it, you know, good wives are all should also be fruitful in, in kindness and helpfulness and affection. It's not just about having kids, it's about the whole thing. You know, the, the fruitfulness of life is not just about having kids, it's about how you live a life in such a way that it's it's beneficial to others. Um which, you know, considering his context and how long ago it was, I thought it was quite a, an insightful comment, really. Mm. Um, the interesting thing about uh, olive trees uh, is um, they do take a long time to mature and to actually become profitable. Um, 
which is just, that's kids, isn't it? You know, for, for 18 or more years, they suck the life out of you. And then maybe if you're lucky, they start to kind of give you something back. Um, so that I think <laughs> I think it's quite an inspired choice of words to describe them as a lot of sprouts or something, yeah, because, yeah, it takes a long time for them to mature. So uh, I think I, I would agree with that. I don't think these, these are kind of promises for everyone. I think these are ideals. These are hopes of the psalmist that, you know, and, and probably hopes of most people, you know, that they would have in some way a family life that is flourishing and fl- thriving. Um, but they are not the only blessings of walking with God, are they? You know, God blesses us in so many other ways in terms of his provision, uh, the resources he gives us, uh, the purpose he gives us, uh, prosperity, all those kind of things. Um, his blessings are far more numerous than simply family life. And equally, family life can be an incredible blessing, but it can be in, in every direction, can't it? It can be that um, being a, a child is a, an incredible blessing, being a brother or a sister, yeah. or um, we're all connected in some way. And, and if we're all living those kinds of fruitful lives, then living in a, in a community of whatever size that lives that way is a blessing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in lots of ways, our missional communities are in some way intended to be kind of family-like. And for some people may well be the closest thing to family they'll get because their own family is so dysfunctional or so chaotic that they need another group of people to to provide stability and a sense of security and affirmation. Uh, Let's move on to verse 4. which is basically almost like a repeat of verse one. Which yeah. to me means, uh, he, he's just saying, look, this is important. So repetition in Hebrew thinking is always about adding a level of importance to it. The more it gets repeated, the more important it is. Um, so, you know, it is about your blessing comes from fearing God uh, and it's important to us. Then verse five makes a, a bit of a shift, doesn't it? It does. So, so um, as we come to verse five, the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. We sort of move from um, a picture of of personal blessing or a family community blessing to to a, a sort of national, more national picture, a big picture of of God blessing them as a nation. Um, you know, perhaps as you're sort of starting to get to the point where there's really lots of people on this road now and an awareness of that this is this is all of us, God's, God's yeah. blessing, all of that. I'm part of this bigger group of people who fear the Lord, who are um, who are coming on this pilgrimage as a response to God's instruction of how we should live. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you start to kind of paint a picture there of... Um, that kind of a family, you know, leaving home to go to Jerusalem and on the road, more and more families joining them until it feels like we're a whole nation going towards Jerusalem now. Um, it would be a, a real sense of we belong to something bigger. And uh, I think, you know, for all of us, one of the dangers is family becomes everything. You know, our own little kind of little secure family becomes everything to us when that's not how the Bible intends it at all. No. You know, we are meant to be part of something bigger. That's why we've got the church. 
uh, that's why we here in our church we have mission communities. So, yeah. And of course, the Hebrew word uh, for blessing changes here. It's now the much more normal word, which is Baruch, which is all about kind of blessing from God. Um, the initial word was more kind of blessing that we achieve out of the consequences of our actions. This is about this is what God will do for us. And uh, it is about the community, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then verse six uh, finishes off with, or basically saying, you'll live a long life. Um, and then peace be on Israel, which I don't, no one knows what these songs sounded like, but I guess that was a bit of a, almost like a shout. The whole kind of, you know, people of God, they're just saying, yeah, peace be on Israel. It feels like that when you read through it is this kind of, going from the smaller to the bigger, and then, yeah, let's pray for peace on Israel. Um, yeah. Anything you want to say on verse 6? Just that as well as the the idea of, yeah, we were sort of building into this bigger thing, that, that God's blessing flows out into a bigger audience, doesn't it? We start to think about future generations and wider communities and this sort of ongoing sense of God's blessing bigger than just where we started with like you will be blessed yeah yeah right let's just think about um how this goes a little bit wide and its application uh so where should we start with that what do you want to start with application so on sunday i spoke about um how important it is that um, that as we're blessed as individuals, that we start to have this bigger perspective and that um, that our homes and our church is a place where people can connect and experience something of God's goodness and provision and blessing. Um, and so I suppose application wise, for me, I, I'd love people to be thinking about how, how do we need to be, I, I think what you said earlier about it's easy for us to fall into our safe spaces our family or our missional community where we're comfortable and um with people who we know well but but how could we be opening up opportunities for for others for god's blessing to flow through us yeah that's good i think um point that i would make is um i just think it's fascinating that you know that the whole verse or psalm starts with you know happy are those uh and we quite often dismiss happiness as Christians. We talk about, you know, joy, and it's a deep joy, and it comes from within, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and happiness definitely comes as more of an external thing rather than joy being an internal thing. Um, but your happiness does matter to God. Uh, and we need to keep remembering that, that, you know, God does want our happy people. And, and having the right kind of people around us who uh, will encourage us and support us, Hopefully that's your family. It might not be, but if it isn't, then find a group of people who will effectively become your family and help you find that sense of happiness. Um, I mean, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not simply a matter of mum and dad and kids because uh, the Bible recognises, doesn't it, that you know, the life isn't simple. You know, here, if you looked at this psalm on its own, you would think, right, the righteous are always happy and prosper. That's what you would think if you read that psalm. But 
there's a whole bunch of other psalms like, oh, why is it the righteous don't prosper and the evil people do? It's like the whole of the psalms recognize some complexity in life. Is there any other application points that you want to draw out? Um, well, I suppose looking at um, verse two, thinking about um, you'll you'll enjoy the fruit of your labour and you'll you'll enjoy your work, and um, just maybe taking the opportunity to to thank God for the things that He gives us to do. Um, or to, to ask God, what you know, what is the thing that you've got for me to be doing? What should my life be taken up with yeah. um, that's going to be fruitful and bring me happiness and be a blessing to me? Because mm. that's God's intention for us. That's a huge proportion of how we spend our week. Yeah. Um, and it should be something that points us to God's goodness yeah. in, in at least the way that we, we find it fruitful or enjoyable. Or... Absolutely. Yeah, it's a good point. I think the final thing I want to talk, talk about as an application is, is, is to get people to think about how do I fear God? You know, am I, do I fear God even? Because we get so um, cosy up with God, don't we? We know we describe him as, you know, he's the one who loves us, he's our friend and all that kind of stuff. And, and he is all of those things. And he is also awesome and holy and majestic and mighty and all that. Um, how do you bring in something of the fear of God again into your life because it's emphasized in this psalm comes up a couple of times uh where is the that sense of honor and respect and awe that fear would bring is it something that you need to bring back into your worship a little bit uh, or into your prayer time I would encourage people to think about that I think because It, it was certainly a challenge for me as I, I kind of reflected on this song. Anyway, let's, uh, should we give people some questions to think about as we go a little bit further? Yes, let's think about some questions. So then, Beck, uh, I'll let you go first. Have you got a question for people to reflect on? Yeah, so I would love you to have a think about um, what Bible passages can you think of that maybe inspire or express something about fearing God um, mm. that maybe tell us a bit of a description of God that might lead us to fear him or um, or something about how God's people have interacted with him that might, might sort of give them that holy sense of, of fear and understanding of, of God's greatness and holiness. Very good. Okay. Uh, I'll go next then. Um, let's, let's go with this. Uh, how are individual blessings connected to kind of community or national blessing? Because we see that progression in the psalm from the individual and family to the national. What's the connection? Um, just to get people to think about that. Good one. Go next. Um, so do, does God reward us in this life? Do we receive blessings from God that are sort of material things that make us happy? Mm-hmm. Or, or is that something that, that we just work for? Okay, great. Um, and then uh, final question then. Um, uh, it's connected to the one I gave before really, but I'll, I'll say it. Uh, do happy godly, godly families automatically lead to righteous nations 
it's a bit of a deep philosophical one, that one. So, um, yeah, does it automatically lead? You might want to go and make another cup of coffee before you get on to that question. Yeah, you might do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. All right, fantastic. Uh, do please consider those questions either uh, on your own, uh, but preferably within mission communities. We'd love you to join one if you're not in one. Um, and we can give you information if you get in touch with the office and the information will be at the end of this video. Beck, thank you for chatting with me today. Uh, great as always. So until next week, uh, we'll see you then. Take care. Bye. See you. Bye.